3: Hello, you are listening to Just Films and That. This is the podcast where we talk about films we think might be underrated or underseen. I'm the host, Josh Hallam, and I'm joined, as ever, by my co-host, Alice Oliver. It was her turn to pick this week, and she chose I, Tonya, in 2017. So, let's see what we think. Alice, I, Tonya.
4: Hi, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you, you, Tonya. Al- you, Alice. I Tonya. Hiya.
3: Yeah, hiya. You're all on. Right. <laughs> Right, and that's Tony. the best joke of the episode. Uh, see you next <laughs> week. <it> early. <laughs> um, so, I Tony, from two thousand seventeen. Spoiler the warnings if you've not seen it. Alice, tell the listeners at home uh, a little bit about what I Tony, is about and why you picked it.
4: So, I, Tonya, is a biographical sports film about ice skater Tonya Harding and is presented to the audience as being somewhat true, but states that it is mostly based on contradictory interviews with Tonya and ex-husband Jeff. The film explores Tonya's relationship with skating, her family and Jeff, with a key focus later on in the film on Tonya's connection to the 1994 assault on her rival Nancy Kerrigan, which subsequently ended Tonya's career. We've got Margot Robbie as Tonya, Sebastian Stan as Jeff, and Alice and Janie as as Tonya's mum. So that is what the film is about essentially. Why did I pick it? So I don't think that I don't think that it's underrated as an entity, right? Mm-hmm. I do think there's perhaps an argument in here that it is a little bit underseen with the masses because I just can't imagine many people are seeking this out to watch and it isn't one of those that's ever come up in conversation in my circles at least. But So Margot Robbie was nominated for a few awards for this, and she won a couple of like smaller awards from smaller uh, sort of awarding bodies, Mm. but none of the big ones—not the Oscars, not BAFTA, not anything.
3: She wasn't even nominated.
4: Yeah, she was nominated, but she 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 didn't win anything. Right. And I think that's a real, real shame. So I think she is outstanding in this, and you see such a range from her that you perhaps don't expect to see from her, given the sort of films that she'd been in before and that she'd been Mm. in since. So I feel like a real disservice has been done there, and I'm seeking justice
3: for for Margot
4: Robbie to Mm. get the appreciation she deserves. She needs all the support,
3: you know. I think the thing is with Margot Robbie, she's had a quiet year, hasn't she? So she needs to, she needs all the support she can get from the likes of us.
4: I mean, you know, a lot of people don't even know who she is. You know, yeah. I mean, she's just this young girl from Australia and it's like, Margot who? Do you know what yeah. I mean? So I'm here to shine the spotlight <laughs> on, on Margot Robbie this year, 2023, which is something she definitely needs. She does like, need it. But again, I feel like very easy to sort of dismiss her acting abilities when mm. when looking at the surface at the sort of films that she does get cast in. Mm. And I think just this just showed like a completely different side and a different ability from her that I think could be more appreciated. Um, but I do think also it's a little bit underseen. Ultimately, I do think maybe I just wanted to talk about this right. one as well. <laughs> so... Like I said, part of the reason is seeing Margot Robbie in this light and really seeing what she's made of and mm. what she can bring to the screen. But also as a sports film, like you just don't get that many sports films about women, like no, so that's... few. I Googled it and I'd heard of about two of them. Yeah, I can only think rest. of um, uh, um,
3: Million Dollar Baby.
4: Uh-huh. bend it ba- like Beckham
3: bend it like Beckham what's the baseball one with Madonna and Gina Davis in it and Tom Hanks oh, oh my see, god no idea it's not, not Field of dream. Dreams it's something no not Field of Dreams it's answer. not it's, but it's the baseball one with Madonna and Gina Davis and Tom Hanks oh, in yeah. it which just completely no, no gone idea. out of my head it's not even like yeah. it's a little known film I just it's just gone out of my head um, yeah no, you're absolutely right there, there isn't that many sports films about women it's all, all men all the time
4: all men, all the time. So I wanted to, I wanted to come look at it, analyze it, bring it to the, bring it to the masses, bring it to you, Josh. Uh, so had mm. you seen this one before?
3: I had seen this one before. Oh, you've seen, seen it before, before, and I'd enjoyed it before. Yeah, okay, so great. So, seen so, so one of my memories is I've got two memories that that are sort of associated with this, this film. Number one, obviously, Margot Robbie. I don't think it would be unfair to say is known for being like beautiful and attractive Mm -hmm. right so when she was cast in this obviously she spends a lot of time in heavy makeup and stuff like that there was a lot of clickbait you won't believe
4: right you won't believe what margot looks like yeah
3: yeah, all that sort of bollocks Mm. um who know who'd have thought that you know professional makeup artists could make someone look you know like another person Uh, because it was the same when she did the one with uh Saoirse Ronan where they play where she played There's another one that like, you won't believe who this is, you know, that right. sort of thing. So I remember that. And the other thing I remember is watching it. So every year when the awards season comes around, I always try my best to watch all of the films that have
4: oh, that's good. a buzz that's a good about thing. them.
3: Mm. Obviously, there's a lot of them, but I, I try I try my best. I usually get for at least four or five if I can. <laughs> and this was one of them that particular year. And I remember watching it thinking she was quite unlucky not to win Mm-hmm. more acting accolades and i think that the, the one of the reasons she didn't it was just a particularly strong year for acting that, yeah. yeah so if you I look at so. the year that this came out the around the award sessions you've got shape of water uh, three billboards at ebbing missouri call me by your name ladybird phantom thread the post and dunkirk amongst others um that all had quite strong reactions particularly sort of three billboards and shape of water and phantom thread for acting um so i think francis mcdormand won the year that she she won, yeah. Yeah, um she and when i saw that i thought well like it's not that she's better it's just also mm-hmm. really really good so it's not yeah, like yeah. it's not like someone won for something that you think you know every now and then films win artists and you're like oh yeah, yeah what the fine. hell just yeah. happened So yeah. yeah. uh, yeah. anyway yeah so yes i had seen it before and had enjoyed it before so let's get stuck into what we like then so so you've already touched on some of the stuff there but let's elaborate what else did you like about iTonya? what do you like about Itonia?
4: So obviously in general, I like films that are based on true events and I like sports films. And I think that this is an excellent example of both of those things coming together. So I really like the way the film blends the documentary style with your standard cinematic storytelling. So you get sequences that play out like a standard film, which will then eventually get interrupted by an interview or a voiceover or some archive footage or something like that. And I think the film got the balance just right when it came to kind of expressing these two different types of storytelling. And I really like the way that the interviews with the key characters are shot and framed. And I found that these were really engaging and they gave the viewers an opportunity to really connect with Tonya, I think, in a much more significant way than you would have Mm. if those interviews weren't there. So I think it was really smart to include those, in and just a really good decision.
3: So that's something I want to ask you about, actually. Which is funny. So, so what this film used like you say, it's based on testimony, and it, it does. I I think it's quite clear that it's based on perspective and people's mm-hmm. accounts. Not, it's mm-hmm. not meant to be. This is definitely what happened. It's what they say happened, right? So. They employ unreliable narrators, don't they? So you've got Lavonda, who is Alice and Janney. You've got Tonya and you've got Jeff, who are the three main ones, also interspersed with interviews with with them as older and younger and all that sort of stuff. Can you think of what film might have influenced that?
4: Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. Is this really obvious? What other film
3: have we done that has an example of unreliable narration that is said to have invented that in film?
4: Oh, my God. Oh, Rashomon?
3: Yeah, that's what right. I, I, was okay. like, I was watching it. I was like, oh my God. So when we were trying to think of examples of the Rashomon effect when we did it, mm. it's this. And um, right. that's that's okay. what it is, Is in this. So yeah, I just thought it was interesting. I really like the narration as well because the, sometimes I think they say narration can be lazy. But in this, because it's so rooted in accounts and perspective, I think it really works. And I particularly like how they use narration to keep the pace up by doing things like having them speak in the action rather than over the top. So sometimes there'll be like, you know, this, this, there's bits isn't there where Jeff and Tonya have quite a volatile relationship to each other, but particularly Jeff is obviously violent towards Tonya, but there's bits in it where he says something happened and she'll just be like, this didn't happen to the Mm -hmm. camera and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, and I thought that was really, you know, I remember thinking at the time, but yeah, really enjoyed that part of it as well. What, what else?
4: So I think pretty much all of the performances here are really strong, with Margot Robbie clearly carrying the film throughout. And there are moments in this film where she looks awful, which is just in such stark contrast to how we're used to seeing her. Mm. And I think she shows brilliant range in her emotions, and she's actually doing a lot of the ice skating as well. So she's giving a great physical performance. And that's obviously really impressive. And it all just feels like so different from most other films that I've seen her in. So I also think Alice and Janie is terrific. And Who did terrific... win the Oscar? She did win the Oscar she... for Best Supporting Actress. Yeah, so she does a terrific job at playing the abusive and just horrendous mum character, oh, and I'll she has talk about some. This. She has some of the best moments in this film because the dialogue that has been written for her when she's speaking to Tonya is absolutely savage. The Mm. insults and the abuse that she hurls at her are some of the most exquisitely cruel things I think I've ever heard anyone say in a film, especially in the context of this coming from a mum to her daughter. Mm. And because the film is also a comedy at times, sometimes her mum would be saying really awful things but then like a really fun song would be playing in the background.
3: <laughs> yeah. So that, yeah. it was
4: like this weird juxtaposition of feelings on. you have a favourite
3: LaVonda I've got a favourite LaVonda line. Do you oh, go on,
4: you do? tell me yours. So I mine can't, can't is, really and this has got verbatim.
3: a... So, so obviously this is, we do swear on this podcast, but this has got a particularly bad swear word in it. So cut yeah. forward 30 seconds if you don't want to hear it. But the bit where she's swearing at the ice rink when Tonya's little and someone says, can you not swear in front of the children? She goes, I'm not swearing. And then just goes, you cunt. Under a breath yeah. like that. Oh, it's... It's because the thing. What? Go on. Uh, uh, what's your What's your favourite? Uh, what's your favourite? I almost said the thing is, and then went off on one. Then what's your favourite? It's all
4: right. Song? No, you go off on one. No, to be so, honest, I can't. I can't remember any verbatim. I just so. Remember so what I wanted to say wonderful. just to pick up
3: on her performance. She is absolutely yeah, I mean, there are performances for outstanding performances in this. I'll come back to Margot Robbie, but. Alice and Janney. so a she always understands the assignment she's always brilliant in, in like whatever she does, whether that's voicing a starfish in finding Nemo or being you know an abusive mother in this or she's brilliant in some other films we've done and stuff like that. So um she's so good in this and I think there's a lot going on for her particularly because you're seeing it from Tonya's point of view and her point of view, which means you have to like her and hate her. Mm -hmm. And she nails it because I find myself... She does these horrible things. She has these biting comments towards her own daughter. And yet I couldn't help like her Mm -hmm. in places. And that must be so difficult to get that balance right. And obviously the testament to the script as well. But she is so... You know, she's so good in this film. Mm -hmm. I think she's is. It's a fantastic performance.
4: Yeah. And I think what you said there, to get that balance... Because throughout, you do feel the undercurrent of her just being absolutely desperate for her daughter to succeed. Mm. But the sad thing is that she's willing to do anything to make that happen which in this instance is hurling abuse at her, mm. making her feel less than she
3: is. Paying a guy to be horrible to her.
4: Yes, exactly. and Completely <laughs> destroying her self-esteem because mm. she thinks that that is the thing that's going to motivate Tonya as opposed to love and support and you know, creating a nice environment for her to mm. grow up in. But it also suggests, and the impression I get from her as well, is that she had a shit time growing up mm. and she probably had a very volatile relationship with her parents. So... Whereas, So whereas like with Jeff, so I hate Jeff. I hate him so much. To me, he is just not redeemable whatsoever. Like I'm just furious every time he's on screen. But with the mum, there's something else there. Like she is a little bit more redeemable. And you do, you feel like all that cruelty and all that anger is actually coming from somewhere. And you can almost sympathize with her. But Mm. with Jeff, he just comes across as an absolute, monster dickhead bellend, and, I, yeah. and I don't have any nice feeling towards him at all but the, all the characters are so complex in that way and feel like there's just so much going on and they're so compelling as well like all of them like you just mm. you're desperate
3: to know more sort of even, j- even Sebastian Stan as Jeff as well I think yeah I think, yeah um, He is, I think he's quite. I think he's quite an underrated actor because obviously most people will know him as the Winter Soldier, Mm -hmm. but he has done other films where he's actually you know stretches acting muscles and stuff. I think he's pretty good in this because I think he does a good job of the thing that the the biggest strength he has in this for me is the difference between young and old Jeff Mm -hmm. because he's not old as he sort of middle aged. He's sort of in his forties or fifties or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I thought I thought he was really good in it, but uh, yeah, there's some fantastic performances in this. so, so Margot Robbie, then? Do you think she deserved the Oscar?
4: So I haven't seen three billboards, so right. I can't. So I don't know. I don't. But yeah. all I know is that. I, so watching that film, watching I Tonya, I just I felt completely and fully emotionally invested in that person, in that character, in a way that I haven't really felt about a character in a film for some time and like I'm just hooked and I want to, you know, you're rooting for her and you want to know more and all of this. And I think to be able to convey that through the screen, obviously with the help of certain cinematic techniques and sounds and stuff, but I just think, I think it was flawless. Like I think she was flawless in it. Mm, um, yeah, so I've got, just, I've got bit... that
3: word written down, exact oh, word. Yeah, yeah. So my what I've got written down here is the bit at the end with the sentencing is pretty flawless. Mm-hmm. So obviously she has a lot to do, but the bit at the end where um obviously we've already done spoilers, but spoilers, and it's based on true life. But the judge sent but it basically hands her a ban, a, a mm-hmm. lifetime ban from you know competitive ice skating. And she does this monologue about how I have no education, I can't do anything else. I would rather do you're basically giving me a life sentence mm-hmm. when I'd rather do 18 months in prison, which and she would have done less because she had less involvement, and obviously that's what they do, isn't it? She doesn't she say they only got 18 months? I'd yeah, rather the, do the, the ones jail who time. The
4: actually did it, yeah, yeah, actually hit her,
3: and and it's just, I mean, it's so hard to watch that, but in a in a oh, yeah. in a, and I mean that in a compelling and sort of in a positive way for the filmmakers and for Margot Robbie as well. But she is, I think she she's brilliant in this, and that bit is for me. If you if I was going to say, and this is why, I'd show you that two minute monologue in in that bit at the end
4: yeah it's crushing like and you feel it you feel it and all through the film because of her performance and just the way that the film progresses using the various cinematic techniques and stuff and including the aspects of the documentary format you just feel all this emotion this anger this frustration all of it is just building up building up all the way through the film so when it like climaxes with that you just, you're just you cr- just, you're as crushed as she is, or I was anyway. Mm, mm. And then there's that, like, there's a funny little bit at the end where she's like, oh, yeah, so I became a boxer sort of thing. Mm. And that sort of softens it a little bit because then you see, oh, you know, she still gets to do something, she's got an outlet and all that. But you just, you, you feel so much for all these characters, mm. so much, whether it's mm. good feelings or bad feelings.
3: Well, I wanted to ask you about that, actually. So, so that leads into, and it talks about how, she's treated and stuff like that how did what did you sort of take from the film in terms of what the message was and what the point was or did you just take it of this is just a tell this is a telling of the story
1: hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter
4: Hmm. I didn't I didn't fully absorb it as just a telling of the story because of the different perspectives mm. and because it is like the filmmakers just sort of the impression you get is that they're just trying to piece together something from the different bits of information that we get. but everyone's gonna have their own idea of how things went down. Mm. In terms of message, I don't really know. there's a bit about class in there. There's a yeah. bit about um, there's you know a bit about abuse and domestic violence and stuff, but also ambition. And just kind of raw human emotion and what that can do to someone. Mm. Um kind of a lot, really. <laughs> so mm. I'm not sure if I could pinpoint it. Why? What were your
3: thoughts on that? So, so I think there's two big points here, which is it's it, it's and they're intertwined. It is classism.
1: Mm. It's
3: classism, and I think it's also about how the media treats people and sensationalizes mm-hmm. people. So there's a really interested, pointed thing at the end where, so all through it. Now, I, I'd be interested to know if someone who's watched this, who was around at the time, obviously we were around at the time, but we were very young, who would remember, who would remember, you know, being in the absolute furore of it, you know, remember it being in all the papers and the way that they follow her around and and, and berate them and, and, you know, just writing, writing, writing about Tonya and Jeff and all this thing. To the point where at one point she says, I was the most, she says, I was the most hated woman in America and she's 23.
4: Yeah, and that journalist says, doesn't he, mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, we would tow her car and slash her tires, yeah, so yeah, she just to, get, to come yeah. out, stuff like that. That's and it so reminded cool. me, I
3: was trying to think of an example of, like, things that have happened in this country because our press obviously have a reputation for... for or they certainly did. Um, have. A, if you think about things like when David Beckham got sent off in the World mm-hmm. Cup and people were hanging effigies of him, or if you think about just the general treatment of, particularly reality stars 10, 15 years ago, my, my mind's drawn to particularly like Jay Goody Mm
1: -hmm. and
3: stuff like that, you know, when it was just everywhere and everything they did, they were, you know, if they put on weight, if they lost weight, if they got married, if they got divorced, if they were seen going into a shop that was too expensive, if they were seen seen going into a shop that was too cheap, all Mm -hmm. this, all this stuff. And I thought, I think it was a bit of a comment on sensationalization, sensationalism in in the press, particularly if you look at, there's a bit at the end where when it's all done and dusted, she looks at the telly and it's OJ Simpson getting arrested. Mm. And I think that's like a – and they'll move on to the next. And they'll yeah. move on to the next. And I think that's an interesting point. But classism as well, because there's obviously mm-hmm. there's a big point in this, which is that she pretty much says objectively at one point she's the best in the world. Mm-hmm. She's the best female figure skater in the world, which would probably make her the best figure skater in the world, mm-hmm. full stop. But she can't get the scores that she's needed because of her presentation. Mm-hmm. But her presentation, what she what they mean by that is that she should be – she's not seen as being – refined and the way that the judges want her to be and she you know she confronts them and stuff like that and there's a lot of stuff in there about how she's seen as what they would call like a redneck and 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 stuff like that and i thought that i thought that was interesting That idea of class you know she's the best in the world but she's held back because she's not seen as refined well in that case it's not competitive then is it Mm -hmm. because if there's no competitive nature to if you have money or not Is there? Do you know what I mean? There's no competition if you are if you already come from that background, which you would pretty much have to because of the age at which they start in the sport and stuff like that. So I thought I just wanted to get your thoughts on that because I thought that was interesting because it's definitely a comment on classism and I think it's also definitely a comment on treating these people like products.
4: Yeah, the the devastating thing about it is as well is that the fact that she did not come from much, and the fact that she is who she is and where she's from, surely that's more impressive mm. that she can compete with these people that are from, you know, affluent, well-off mm. families and stuff yeah, who yeah. can, oh, yeah, we can easily afford to send them to classes and, and for them to train all day. But she, her mum had to work as a waitress doing all the hours under the sun, and then she had to get a job. And it that's more impressive. That's more impressive than if a rich person just, like, Swans out there, it's like, oh yeah, you know, I've been skating since mm. I was a kid. We had our own private ice rink or whatever it might be, sort of thing. <laughs> so yeah, it's um it's it's devastating. And you just you really feel that, I think. You really feel it, and you feel it for her, and you feel it for everybody who's gone through that.
3: Okay, so we'll move on to the dislikes then, and we'll see if there's anything we would change or that we didn't like about iTonya. Um, is it that it's not iRobot? That, I mean, that's um, it. That's
4: number one on my list. Yeah, they Gosh, are in the. they
3: they're, they're they are linked. If people isn't at home, no, they're not. Uh, Alice, is there anything you didn't like or anything you would change? I've got a couple of bits, but what have you got?
4: So I wasn't really a huge fan of the moments where the characters mostly Tonya, break the fourth wall. So right. just just to be clear, I'm not talking about the interviews where the characters are looking into the camera, but it's the moments where you'd be watching a sequence of the main narrative play out. And mostly Tonya would turn to the camera to comment on what we're seeing, basically to comment on the scene. Like, sort of that's why I
3: mentioned before, like, this never happened, that sort of thing.
4: Yeah, but and but she'd turn to the camera and say, like, oh, no, this isn't how it went, or, oh, yeah, he used to do this to me all the time, or whatever it was. And I found this a little bit jarring at times, and I feel like it took the drama and the seriousness out of some of the scenes. However, because this film is also considered a black comedy – I sort of understand that perhaps it's using those moments to m- m- kind of make those bits a little bit funny um, and to keep some of it light and to keep it mm. within that comedy genre. Otherwise, it is otherwise it is just a heartbreaking tragedy. Mm. But I, I personally felt like I could have done without that and it didn't really do it for me, Those those moments. And just one other thing, and this isn't something that I didn't like as such, but it is something I noticed and I wonder if other people could possibly have a problem with it. And that's that a lot of the characters around Tonya don't seem to really have many redeemable qualities and do just mostly come across as bad, shitty people. Now, I can see that on paper, you would perhaps call for more balance in that instance, you know, instead of it just being all about, oh, yeah, Tonya did this bad thing, but here's why. So we understand her as a person sort of thing. So I didn't really... I didn't mind it personally, and obviously the film's called I, Tonya, so it mm. is about her, and she's the central character, and it's her story. And it would be impossible, obviously, to dedicate appropriate screen time to each individual character to get mm. their whole backstory. But maybe just a little bit more in places. Like I said before, I hate Jeff. I hate him <laughs> so much. <laughs> Proper like, hate Jeff, don't you? He it makes is. me angry. Like He makes me so angry the way he treats her. And I wonder if just for balance' sake, they just needed to drop something in there of like, oh yeah, but his dad used to beat him mercilessly when he was a kid right. and this is why a he's like that sort A little bit more context. Sort of maybe, maybe mm. just a little certain something. But okay. that that was it. That was honestly it. Overall, <laughs> thoroughly impressed by this film. Uh, what about you? Anything so, you didn't like or you would change?
3: Well, just to counteract, I didn't mind that bit of the narration. I quite yeah. liked it. I, think, I, felt like what they, I felt like they used it to keep you in, engaged because I think otherwise you would have a... a it's quite a specific story, isn't it? So, so I think I think one of the things that's good is that when you have a, a a film that's got quite specific subject matter matter, I think you have to do things like that to keep people engaged. If you think mm-hmm. of the way the Damned United skips in time, you know it's not li- yeah. linear and stuff like that. I think so. I think I think that's to strength, but I can I can also understand that people might think it's a bit lazy script writing or or that it's just not for them. It's quite a it's a it's a swing, isn't it, to do something like that? And, it, and mm-hmm. often stuff like that doesn't pay off for me couple of bits but nothing massive so the first one i think there's a couple of pacing issues so it is it is is a two-hour film and i think there's bits where it does really slow down and feel like it's building to something and then it sort of i think it dips a little bit in the middle so i think it's strong i think it's it starts really well finishes really well and i think the sort of last maybe it's about two-thirds of the way in it dips a little bit in pace particularly around the everything that's going on with the act itself with the incident mm-hmm. as they call it in this i think there might actually be a bit too much of that um i don't think we needed that much of it but i think also th- they're in a bit of a rock and a hard place because i think the director would know uh, going into it that that's what people are expecting it to cover you mm-hmm. know it's the defining moment of her career and and, and of mm-hmm. her life so if they didn't cover it but i think there's a lot of the build-up to it what happened to it the investigation into it and stuff like that but actually i was more interested in, in Tonya. -hmm. And and her as a person, um, there's the odd bit. The other thing as well as obviously Margot Robbie's doing a lot of the skating, but she's not doing all of the skating. There is the odd bit where it's not her, where Mm -hmm. I feel like you can see her face on someone else's body, Mm -hmm. but I don't know if that's just because I know it's not her. Do you know what I mean? I mean, at the end of the day, it's not—it's not a criminal offense. It's just something that I noticed. So yeah. that's all that I dislike. But something I did want to ask you in this section was that one of the criticisms I saw about this film was that, based on what actually happened, that it is too sympathetic to Tonya. What I do, listen—I don't. I'm not. You might be, but I'm not an expert on what actually happened. So let's just say that upfront that. I don't really know much about the incident itself, and there's a lot around it to read, so I, I haven't done that. Do you know much about the incident?
4: No, nothing at all. I didn't know who Tonya Harding was until yeah, I watched so, this film.
3: So, do you do you feel that it's too sympathetic to her, or do you feel like because my opinion would be it's a perspective piece,
1: mm-hmm.
3: so it's going this is what she says happened, so it's not sympathetic. It's trying to be, more, it's trying to be ob- almost objectively subjective. It's trying to be like this is this is what they say happened. What do you think?
4: I mean, it dep- The problem is that depends on what the truth is. Like, if the truth is that she wanted someone to anon anonymously send death threats to her, and that was it, then that's you know, yeah, that's not great. But that's not sending someone to debilitate someone and no. break their knee is it whereas if the truth is oh yeah the plan all along was to get someone to seriously injure nancy and that was always the plan and she was in on it well then yeah in that case it is too sympathetic Mm. on her but Mm. is that what happened does anyone know definitively
3: Mm.
1: what happened what are the
4: facts
3: i suppose i even i even think almost regardless of that it's what the point of the film is it's what she says happens so obviously it's going to be sympathetic
4: yeah and the she... the film starts very clearly by saying this film has been constructed by interviews with two very unreliable and uh, people who like that their their accounts of things do not match up sort of mm. thing. Mm. So you go into it knowing that. But also ultimately, I mean she gets hers for fuck's sake. Like she gets she, a well, lifetime yeah. ban of skating and has to yeah. go and become a boxer. So I mean she, like is it sympathetic? Maybe, but it doesn't make her life any better. Like, it's That's been a gone sort yeah, yeah, of thing, yeah. doesn't it? Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It, it completely depends what the truth is and what actually happened.
3: Okay, then let's move on to talking about the critical reception. And I haven't seen the critical reception, but... Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, you've sort of you've sort of picked it as you want to talk about it, but I think there's also an element of it could be underrated or underseen, Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I I know well, I know that this did well when mm-hmm. it came out. It was nominated for not just acting awards; it was nominated for multiple awards. So I would say, what would I give it? I think this is a, you yeah, know, it's probably a solid seven and a half out of ten, okay. something like that. I think it probably, I think it actually probably did a little bit better than that critically. Mm-hmm. So I think you're probably looking at a bit of a. A difference between the critics and the audience i'm saying i would say the critics are probably be, you're talking eights to low eights and i mm-hmm. think the critics with the audience you're looking low sevens that's what i'm going to say so i'm going to say average out maybe seven and a half which is what i'd give it appropriately rated under i would probably i don't know how it did at the box office but i would imagine probably not that well mm-hmm. um if thinking about when it when it when it came out and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it's probably appropriately rated and it's probably underseen. But go on, what 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 we talking here?
4: Okay, so on IMDb at the time of recording, it gets seven point five out of ten. Okay. And then over on Rotten Tomatoes, the audience give it eighty eight percent, and then oh, wow. the critics give it ninety percent.
3: Oh wow! So I was wrong. So.
4: <laughs> the IMD- the IMDb score for me is definitely underrated. So for mm. me, this is this is an eight and a half film, maybe an, a high eight sort of right. film. So maybe eight point seven, eight point eight sort of thing. Uh, in terms of the box office, so its budget was eleven million dollars, which just doesn't feel like anything no. at all, and it made fifty eight million. So okay. it obviously made multiples back of its budget, but that. <sighs> I don't know if it's just because of how films are nowadays and because Marvel and whatever has ruined mm. our perception of money, but that just doesn't feel like a huge amount.
3: No, it doesn't. 58 I, mil, does it? No, it doesn't. So that averages out to just, just above 84. That's what those Ooh, scores okay. average out.
4: Interesting.
3: Yeah. So for me, based on those scores, I would probably say, I said seven and a half. Mm. That's what I would give it, but I don't. I'm not hearing 84 and thinking that's ridiculous. It's a well-made yeah. film, so I'd say I'm happy to say that's appropriately rated and and underseen. That's what I reckon. Okay. What do you think?
4: So I, I I genuinely think for me that that is a tiny bit underrated. They're underrated. Of, obviously, only a tiny bit. I know that 84 is an incredible score, and that 90 from the critics is is amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's good. But. I do think this is a high this is a high eight film. That audience score, eighty eight, that's probably where I'm sitting on Mm. that Rotten Tomatoes audience score. So I think I think a little bit underrated, but happy. More than happy to concede that it's appropriately rated because I appreciate how high those scores are. Let's and let's that put I just that, particularly
3: like this film. Let's put the underrated argument out there to the audience. So okay. we'll say we'll say it's, it's sort of it's it is underseen. We think it's underseen, and then we'll put that out to a vote and see what people think is I Tonya under underrated. Well, there we go. Another episode in the bag Underseen, And we're not sure on the rating. We'll put that out to you guys. So lucky you. You get to to decide. Is I, Tonya, uh, underrated? Uh, We will be back uh, next week with another film uh, to talk about because it is Halloween. So we'll leave it as a little bit of a surprise for you out there. Um, Like a surprise, don't you, Alice? You, You don't even know. I
4: love surprises. I'm <laughs> literally my favourite things.
3: Uh, yeah, so we'll be back next week within the episode. If you'd like to get in touch with us, it's filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. Please do drop us an email if you've got any film suggestions. We're also on Patreon, so if you'd like to support us, get extra content, uh, you know, ad-free episodes, access to things a day early, stuff like that, Heading over to patreon.com forward slash that. The link is in the episode description. Um, loads of stuff over there. Any spot you can give us is massively appreciated. We're on social media as well, so do feel free to give us a follow. Search for Just Films and that wherever you get your old socials and we'll probably be on there Uh, and we're on the television as well aren't we Alice?
4: we are indeed. Every Friday from 6pm you can find us on the local TV network. So if you live in Birmingham, Bristol, Leeds, Liverpool or the northeast of England you can find us on Channel 7 on Preview. or if you live in North Wales or South Wales you can find us on Channel 8 on Preview. I'm also uploading all the videos to Daily Motion so if you head on over there and search for Just Films and that you'll be able to see exactly what it is that we're up to. That's me and Josh talking about all our favourite underrated and underseen films
3: yes lots of ways to see us hear us get in touch with us engage with us and all that stuff but as ever thank you very much for listening we really appreciate it and we'll see you next week goodbye from me cheerio
1: bye